0: Welcome to the Boston's Big Four Podcast. Cast, cast, cast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes.
1: And we're back. Episode 96 of Boston's Big Podcast. We got a couple special guests in the building. Yeah, yeah. Revelation, Godilla. Yo, yo. Fresh off the what release up? of the new album, Revolutionaries out Revolutionaries, now. Revolutionaries out Everywhere. now. All platforms. You got CDs. You got physical copies.
0: Not, uh, anymore. not they anymore. They, they sold, sold out. Actually. Yeah. Ooh, screlly Bucks you. if so. you want one. <laughs> yeah, screlly Bucks.
2: <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, man, we've been uh, going back and forth on Instagram for a while. I feel like as you you started. I mean, you're big on the promo stuff. As we talk, like you're you're for big sure. on promo. You're for sure. You're on top of that more than anyone I know, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, I appreciate that. And it, yeah. that's that's how I've you know come to know your name over the years is you just sending me anything from M. dots at Mayhem of EMS, anyone from the EMS yep. crew, and um and then I see you released this album recently, and I'm like, all right, he's got his own music, like yeah, it, yeah, and it's fire, yeah. I so appreciate uh, that. what's what's the journey been like? It uh, how long you been working on music?
2: So. For me personally, I, like, I've been doing music since, like, college days. So, like, the early 2000s, just, you know, messing around in my dorm room. That's actually how EMS formed, how I met MDOT of Mayhem, um, recorded in college and stuff, and that's when we formed EMS. But I, I'd say, like, doing it in, like, a serious, uh, like, aspect, I'd say probably... Uh, maybe around 2010, maybe is when we started really like focusing more on the business side of it, like like registering your stuff and you know what I mean, like BMI and ASCAP, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. That's focusing on that stuff, like tour, like setting up tours and trying to release stuff like physically and on vinyl, distribution deals and all that stuff. So probably around 2010 is when it got uh, a bit more serious for me, anyway.
3: Um, t- as far as writing goes, man, I've been writing since like the nineties, but it's, okay. as far as like being serious, like now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> right. Yeah, right. that was all like Rev pushing me. Like you said, like he's crazy with promotion and everything. Right. So once he, uh, said that we was going to start this, I knew it was nothing but work after that. So this is like my first real experience in it.
1: So is this your first the first project that you've done really?
3: No, we um it's the first project I would say that was pushed seriously. Yeah. Like um obviously we did like a few mixtapes back in the day or whatnot and I worked on a solo project, but I mean that might have reached fifty people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and doing this project with him was the first time that I mean like this dude was like haunting my sleep. It was just yeah. like I would wake up like, yo, I gotta censor not on Twitter. Yeah. Like I got it like it was just it'd be crazy. Like it's just all the time just promote, 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 man. You know? And yeah. um and as much as I've done, I don't even know if I've done a fraction of what this dude's dead, man. This this guy's a, a monster.
2: I yeah, Dude. I'm I'm like I'm just like a machine with it. Sometimes to my own detriment, I have to remember to like like live <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know like there's stuff outside of um you know like promoting and i you know i'm still trying to find that balance because like you know now I, i'm married i'm a family man like so you have to like you have to be able to kind of uh nurture that balance and so i'm you know i'm still working out the kinks and stuff but um i, I think i'm getting there but i i've always went hard with the promo but to go a little bit deeper like so we when we met I met Illa through a mutual friend of ours um, who also rhymes in a collective. We have we did like a little side project, so I was with EMS first, and then uh, I met these guys before actually I, I was in EMS. But then we started doing some stuff together, uh, me, Illa, our boy List, and uh, we did a, a side crew called the Mike Murderers, and that's kind of where we first started doing music together. Uh, we released a, a bunch of mixtapes, uh, and then, like Ellis said, he did a solo project. I did some solo stuff, and so years later, we decided to come back together and kind of, you know, come full circle and, and do a project, uh, me and him again. So, and then this is the result: Revolutionaries. Yeah.
3: He's being modest, man. This was he, Don King, this whole thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he no, I like honestly, it was it, like we we play off of each other really well yeah so it's like um you know i I have like that business sense but he's also a super creative and artistic and he came up with a lot of the concepts like on this record you know what i'm saying like he was like "Yo, you know i i was listening to his beat and i was thinking of something like this like what do you think and then we just like flesh it out and see where it goes you know what i'm saying so i play really well off him he plays well off me and we just kind of work together well in tandem you know So I'm good with the promo and stuff like that, but he's also great with the creativity side and the kind of pushing me because, you know, as much as I've been at it for a long time, he's also uh, been at it just as long, you know what I'm saying, like writing. So his pen game is sharp, so he makes me stay sharp, you know what I'm saying, in that aspect.
0: Right. Yeah, it's good to have people like that on the team. That's big pushing everyone forward uh, and i did want to ask so you said you started taking the business side of this seriously around like 2010 yeah uh which doesn't feel like that long ago maybe we're getting old uh <laughs> yeah. but right. a lot has changed since then uh just in the industry and how things go with the internet and for sure facebook was the big thing 10 years ago and now it's instagram no one's i feel like on i mean facebook's still around but that's not the main thing that we're right. yeah. on. Right. exactly so h- how have you seen that evolve and like how there was probably things that were cutting edge at the time then that now have either fallen to the wayside or evolved and now you're doing it slightly differently now is there anything like that that you notably
2: yeah seen? like so i mean i went <laughs> it's crazy because when i first like really started like messing around and recording i was putting music out on um like message boards and stuff like that. This yeah. is where like message boards, like they had different rap music message boards. And I was doing it then, like back in college, just messing around. There wasn't really the outlets that you have now, um, especially as an indie artist, you know, you kind of had to like, to like get into a studio like back then you had to like be nice like you had to be able to spit right. or have like a good amount of money You're and fair. I was like a broke college kid so I had to like figure it out and what I ended up doing was just buying my own equipment and then just going online and searching for like how to do stuff you know okay. asking questions but to answer your question directly from then till now the transition's like crazy and you have to kind of keep up with everything you know i was like first doing like myspace type stuff and then as we got more serious it was facebook like you said now it's like everything's happening at such a quick uh pace you know and people's attention span is so much shorter now Mm -hmm. so you have to learn how to live in those mediums so instagram is um really important tiktok i don't have tiktok my wife has TikTok. She stays up until like two in the morning, like watching TikToks and trying to get me to watch.
0: Them. <laughs> but every app is doing that now, though. Facebook uh, they're not copying Face- that they, with the uh, Reels. Yeah, and, yeah, and they're, they're all YouTube, copying each other. They, that's anymore. what they do. Yeah.
2: And and I'll give I'll give Facebook and Insta- so Facebook owns Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they bought Instagram, and, and they're kind of um, using the same model with Instagram that they did with. Facebook, which makes it more challenging for artists. So they're trying to uh, go to that model of ads, right? Mm. So before if you were to like blow up and have a viral post, you just had a viral post and whoever you got from it, like, you know, followed your page, liked your page, whatever. Now they're making it to the point where your stuff only reaches like 10% of your audience. And this is people that chose to follow you. Mm. So it's kind of messed up. It's like why should I pay To show my stuff to people that chose to follow me right so if you have let's say you have four thousand five thousand followers you're lucky if like three hundred of those people see your post you know so you have to kind of navigate that and figure out what works what doesn't when to do ads when not to so it's it's tricky but i've learned a lot from it and i've tried to stay ahead of that curve you know Like, especially for our album with the promo and stuff like that. And I've been trying to bring Illa along more so with that because he's not big on social media. He never has, like, he he doesn't really, he's not into it like that, you know? Mm. He likes it more for, like, you know, following, like, sports and stuff. So when we were doing the album, I was kind of just giving him pointers and, you know, trying to show him, like, Use these hashtags As opposed to these And stuff like that You know He's
3: saying it really nice (laughs) (laughs) Realistically It came down to like Yo man When we start promoting this You can't have a conscience Like You you gotta just It doesn't matter How many people you hit up How many times you hit them up You just gotta keep pushing it on them And so Like when he at first, you know, I was kind of like nervous. I'm like, I'm gonna be bothering people. I don't really want to send out these private right. messages. And then after a while, it was just like, well, you know, I'm not saying that it's your duty to support, but if if one of my friends was doing something and they sent me something, I I'd sure right, I would definitely want to support it. So I was just, after a while, I was like, yeah, man, let me send it out to as many people as possible, and whoever sticks with it sticks with. So it it, it really did. He just got me into the mindset where it was just like just. Just do it, no matter what. Like, don't don't think about it twice. Just send the stuff out. Don't worry about who you bother and just send it out. Mm. And so that's where, and, and especially on Instagram, I'm like, right. I'm not friends with any of these people.
2: Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's all about approach too. You know what I mean? So that's what I try to like stress to them. Overall, is like you know, you don't want to spam people. You know, obviously. Yeah. You want people to discover your music organically, but yeah. at the same time if you know, if you're battling the algorithm and you're trying to get people to hear your music, how do you do that without like seeming like a nuisance? So I'm not advocating like DMing everybody like crazy. What I recommend usually for for like people so I, like, I do promo for artists, too. This is a side thing that I do. So, you know, I send you DJ packs and music and stuff. Right. So I do that to help artists. Um, and that's kind of like my side hustle thing that I do. And what I always tell them is, is when you message people, one, try to start with people that you know and that you think have interest in the music. Um, don't just message. like It's like cold calling. Like, back in the day when people mm-hmm. would call your house trying to, like, sell you something. You're going to hang up on them. Nobody right. wants to hear that. So you have to, like, warm people up to it. Don't Maybe don't start with the whole album. Maybe be like, yo, I just dropped, like, this video. Check out this clip, you yeah. know? And if they're interested in the clip and you're like, oh, that clip was dope, here's the whole video. Here's mm-hmm. the, the YouTube link, you know? So stuff like that. Um, and, and writing a personal message, being sincere. Like, take the time. Because if you want them to take their time, you need to take the time. Absolutely. You can't just expect people to, uh, oh, I'm dope, so people should listen. Nobody cares. Right, <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares. There's a lot of dope people out There's there. There's a lot Every, of dope. Everyone's exactly.
1: trying to feed us their shit all the time. It's that's like, it. You yeah. got it.
2: So being dope isn't enough. They have to connect with you some way. And also, too, like, you can't be like so overzealous and so, like, in their face. You know, throw it out there. And if it, it don't catch them now, maybe the next single catches them, you know? And that's how we. We've kind of grown, and and this is why the album kind of snowballed and did as well as it's done so far.
0: Yeah, that's important. We've talked about marketing a lot, uh, but it sounds like you have more insight on it than some of the other people we've talked to, and everyone's mm-hmm. trying to navigate it their own way. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting when it comes down to the – it's really just getting yourself out there to people that want to see you, and that's hard to right. do because there's plenty of people out there, and you can pay – to get anyone to click it or something yeah. but to get them to stay and want to stay and and actually seek you out which at that point you're beating the algorithm if people are trying to find you and that's right. something that is it's hard to do because at this point it's almost like every every person's page is like a wave crashing on like the entire any any audience that could see it and every, whoever's got the biggest wave is going to be the one you see. And Like, right. I see Drake's stuff all the time. I don't know anything about Drake. Right. But there's people that I, I know personally who I see their stuff less than famous people and I'm just surprised yeah. that mm-hmm. you'd think that just based on I interact with that person that it should pop up more and it's would, just kind of... You would think so, yeah. but
2: it's just, you know, you know how it is. I mean, at, for indie artists, it's always going to be like an uphill climb. You always right. got to fight, you know, like... I'll give an example so streaming's like the big thing now you know it has been for the past few years right but you have to find um, the connection with your audience and find certain niches so like I was talking to you before we came on um, about the CDs and selling CDs so one of the things that we decided to do was do a limited run of CDs right now you would think in this day and age who the hell is going to buy CDs most cars don't even have a fucking cd player (laughs) like it's not a thing anymore
0: yeah yeah. laptops don't
2: even have a disc drive anymore however that makes it a novelty right and there's a niche for that so you have to find the niche so what i did was i put out feelers right i would post things and be like oh you know we're thinking of doing um a limited run of cds if we did who would be interested and then i would see who would like to post i'd write those names down right get those names, and then, you know, when we when we finally got the pre-order to the CDs, you know who I hit up? Those people that like mm. to post. So every post I did in relation to a CD, I went back and I looked at all those names. I sent them each a DM. And a lot of those people were the customers that bought CDs from overseas. Of course, some of them were people we knew personally, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. But then what happens is... They go and they buy the CD, so now to take it a step further than that, right, this is where a lot of people don't understand the greater picture, and I always try to stress this to, to, like, everybody I work with, like, whether it's EMS, Ella, Mike Murders, whoever, the bigger picture is you can't just look at what's right in front of you, so most people would be like, oh, it's the CD, I sold the CD, cool, boom, it's done, right? no. What you need to do is get those people to plug in and stay with you. And how do you do that? You have that person take a picture with the CD, right? Send you the picture, whether it's DM, text, whatever. Now you post that picture and you tag that person. Now that person feels appreciated for being a fan. They just bought your music. They spend their hard-earned money that they don't have to spend on your music. Now you're sharing it and showing that appreciation. That's going to create a lifelong fan. Mm -hmm. Because now they're like okay well you know what they really do appreciate when i buy their music so the next time they come out with something i'm probably gonna buy it right you know nine times out of ten you know and that's kind of the bigger picture that a lot of artists don't look at and you have to try and connect because if you're an indie artist you don't have the machine behind you so you have to have the personal connection with people
3: yeah two two things on that is like one there was a lot of people that ended up buying the cd from us like, they didn't actually get a hold of me about the music until we said we had physical copies. Mm. So it was like, I was expecting everybody was going to be like, all right, I'm on Apple or Spotify or whatever. And uh, just people just started DMing me like, yo, man, you got CDs, you got CDs. And wow. two is Rev kind of played me when it came <laughs> to the CDs. Like, it was harder for me to sell them. I didn't notice it until I seen it on online myself. Like, I'm hustling trying to just sell CDs and then I see somebody get a CD from him, and they got a T-shirt and a sticker,
0: and I was, I'm
3: like,
2: I'm like, get all this extra stuff from man, like, so you making it real easy for you to sell a product. So okay, so in my defense, so going back to what he's saying, right? The reason that was is because so I had uh, extra merch like sitting aside and I knew that when we released this album, I was going to do like package deals because there was people that had reached out to me and they're like, oh, when are you going to drop like an album or something I can support? So I just kept those messages, man. I'm really meticulous with that stuff. And I try to like save those people's names. I save the conversations and then the album dropped and I'm like, yo, I got the album and guess what? I got t-shirts. I got stickers, yep. You know man. What I'm this dude
3: stole customers from me.
2: I had people that live in his. I have people that live in my. I
3: have people that live in my town. You didn't and have like, yo, and like Go I'm on. sitting down like, how did you get this dude to buy an album from you? Like, yo, man, you ain't had no you had no (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts
2: we had no stickers man
1: oh you didn't know we were supposed to make t-shirts that's yeah so so i just had red shirts
2: like sitting aside from before okay because i like before the pandemic i thought we were gonna go on tour again yeah yeah Yeah. so i was like getting ready for that and then boom covid hits so i just got all these t-shirts sitting in the basement so i'm like yo what am i gonna do with these so we're working on the album i'm like yo when the album comes out I'll just do package deals if you get an album i'll throw in like a t-shirt and, and some stickers maybe a couple other albums and you'll get like a whole package for like 50 60 bucks or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's the thing and you know it helps with extending the brand too because now it's like if they're not listening to the cd maybe they're wearing the t-shirt if they're not wearing the T-shirt, maybe the stickers on their laptop, and they bring it to school or wherever they are, and somebody sees it, and they're like, "Who's that?" Right. So I'm always trying to think of different ways and avenues. You know, that's how my mind works. I'm crazy with the
3: word, word of mouth is crazy like that. Like when you, one of the things he had me doing was, you know, like he said, pushing on social media, and we ended up pushing and you know, putting stuff out on Twitter and retweeting and retweeting and retweeting, and as much as we were doing it, I just remember thinking, like, man. This, this is like the, the one lane that nobody's really, mm. the, the, is not really exploring. And then all of a sudden, some dude that ran a blog was just like, yo, man, this song Woo Wednesday is crazy and because he posted it then other people hit me up about it Yeah, and I'm saying so it's just little things like that where it just made me realize what he was saying with yo you just gotta keep pushing it you gotta keep pushing it and you also gotta have stickers and t-shirts I gotta
2: make sure I get down on that <laughs> so uh, no so to his that's credit that's actually
0: good advice to us we yeah. should get some stickers and more t-shirts <laughs> we have
1: t-shirts but we need we, more yeah so,
2: so to his credit too is like after that he ended up getting a logo made he ended up doing all that so you know what I'm saying so he's working towards that and he's gonna get t-shirts and do all that Cause now you know when we start doing shows again, now that things are over. So next time up, he
1: comes on, he won't wear a Sixers. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was actually gonna wear <laughs> the whole lane music today, but it, d- it didn't
2: match. So I was like, ah, oh, you
0: know, I want to wear the Pat's hat.
2: So I
3: walked in here with this sicker sh- this sixer shirt on, man. I felt like a hooker in church. <laughs> I started looking around. I was like, yo, I'm in the wrong.
2: Surra- <laughs> surrounded by all this Boston gear. That yeah, KG poster
3: is following me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. talking shit it's to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. Oh man. So you're from Philly?
3: Yeah, I was um I was I was born in Philly and I moved up to Massachusetts when I was like eight, but I would go back and forth and visit my family or whatnot. Okay. And um but you know, as much as Massachusetts is, is in my heart and I'ma some flack for this, I will never be a fan of the Boston teams. I'm always a f- I'm always <laughs> I mean, the teams. That's fine.
1: You got to root for your home team. Yeah. yeah no. It's hard like, though cuz y'all, y'all just keep winning, man. So like, uh, you, you got us in the Super Bowl a few years ago. I I, I, will, I will
2: say this. So side note, I'm originally from the Bronx,
1: right? Really? Oh yeah. Okay.
2: So, so I lived there till I was about 10. So oh. I know there's going to get a lot of flack. Yankee fan. It's going like I said, I
0: know there's going to get a lot of guys with the Patriots So, so listen,
2: M. dot still M. dot still <laughs> gives me a hard time about this. In college it was like nonstop. He he calls me a Giants fan. I am not a Giants fan. Uh but what it was was so Puerto Rican, you're growing up in the Bronx. The first sport I was ever introduced to was baseball and I lived like 15 minutes from Yankee Stadium. Okay. So, like, that was the first sport I ever, like, was enamored with. I yeah. used to go to games, like, back in the, you know, this is, like, I'm dating myself here, but, like, Daryl Strawberry and, like, you know, okay. that. Like, so, really <laughs> young, uh, young tyke with my with my grandfather going to games and stuff. So, that was the first sports team that I kind of had an attraction to. But that, I never really watched any other sports till I got to Mass, so... Probably I'd say by the time I was like twelve or thirteen is when I started getting interested in like football and basketball and stuff. And every yeah. all of my friends was watching the Patriots or the Celtics or right. so I you know even my even my stepfather actually who was a huge Giants fan he started watching the Pats games because Bill Parcells ended up coaching the Pats. And he was just like, that was all that was on. And he liked Parcells, so by default. So it just kind of snowballed from there when I was a kid. And, yeah, so I'm a Yankees fan, um, you know. But I like all the other Boston teams.
1: (laughs) So, I don't know if know. that makes
2: it any better. Uh, you know, <laughs> like 75-25. You, yeah. you guys can hate like 25% of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. That's, uh, I mean, but you grew up in the Bronx, 15 minutes away from the
1: stadium. Yeah, like you yeah. No yeah. You had I no mean, choice. Yeah, I mean,
2: we used to play stickball in the streets. That was like the yeah. thing, you know? Like, you know, like we didn't have like baseball because it's like, you know, the city and the hood. Mm. And we would just play We play stickball and like, you know, you'd hit, you'd hit a home run and like you'd end up hitting either somebody's window <laughs> or like somebody's car parked on the street okay
0: I got a question now this is obscure this is real obscure there was a hey Arnold episode way back in the day where they <laughs> were playing like baseball in like an empty lot in the in their neighborhood or whatever and they since they like you were saying it's like a home runs like you hit someone's window so they had lines on this wall so it was like if it was this high it was first okay like a uh, single <laughs> second yeah. or, I, I think yeah. i triple. remember that yeah. and then like a home run was like way at the top did you guys ever do anything like that <laughs> absolutely, okay. absolutely. i go. mean
2: because there was like you know obviously you have to have some way to like track like a home run or when somebody scores right so we would be like yo if it goes past like this car like that's a home run, or if it goes off of this building, that's a home run. Yeah, okay. If you get it over here, like if you line drive it off this jeep, then that's like right, a single. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we had different little things like that. Must yeah, have been mad good.
0: skilled batters who could place it too.
2: Yeah, you know. And then as
0: I got older,
2: like I started to like suck because I lost my touch. You know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you had to be like crafty with stickball because yeah, you're playing yeah. with like a little broomstick yeah. and like one of those handballs. And then as I got older, like because I had to play in the well. Dominican. That's why yeah, they get legit. So good. That's that's <laughs> why they're so good. They they can really time yeah. it well, and they can see the ball. It's this little ball like this. So yeah, but we definitely did have that for sure. <laughs> we had to.
3: Uh, I I I cannot catch a baseball to save my life. <laughs> I'm not gonna, Even put, with a glove, with a glove, dude. Like I was on my company softball team. They was like, yeah, man, you gonna hit and you. You be a DH, <laughs> uh-huh. <It's> like <laughs> Mo Vaughn. That's about it, <laughs> it's yeah. Mo it's Like Mo Vaughn, just big guy that can real. hit. I can, I could hit. You know what I'm saying? Like I would always blast one out, but yeah, I that ball become uh, uh, oh, combined. Oh, we would have
0: been the perfect player because <laughs> I could never. <laughs> <hit>. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Hey, DHs are valuable if, yeah, you're, if you're in the American League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
2: true.
1: Definitely, like definitely. So the uh, the album, Revolutionaries, what's the overall theme of the album? Like, what's the message you were trying to get across, would you say?
2: Um. So, before we
3: came up... I'm sorry to cut no, you off. No, go ahead, go ahead. Before we came up with a message for it, the, the basic point of the name was um, to combine both of our names. Yeah. So when you look at the, cu- the cover, it'll say Rev and then L, yeah, and right. then the A is capital for Rev and Ella. So... I came up with the name, um, the the revolutionary one. That I think I said to to combine both of them. And when I said it, we was out at you know out at lunch after we was recording, and nobody said nothing. So I'm like, oh, that was that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, I'm sitting there eating my scallops, like, all right, man, don't talk for the rest of the meal. Just <laughs> nobody liked it. And then Rev hits me up later that night, and he's like, yo, that was a dope idea for a name. I'm like, well. Yo, you could have spared my feelings, yeah. at lunch, brother. <laughs> See, like, you know, i you I'm saying. I do this all the time, man. <laughs> I don't like to give it too much credit
0: right away. <laughs> just like it yeah. But um, the suspense is good.
3: <laughs> but like we was talking about this last night, man. It's kind of like finding, like, uh, it's not. I'm not gonna sit there and say that the album's very political. I'd say it's more of a you know revolution. Would you say was with inside yourself?
2: Yeah. So like like it's not necessarily like a political standpoint although there is some undertones of that like yeah, right. on certain songs there are like political because you know well you opened we with in. carlin
0: so that was like yeah, a, a perfect, yeah. yeah and
2: and he goes on like a tirade about you know the government and and basically how we're all fucked pretty much you know mm. which like, is true to paraphrase but right. it's true <laughs> you know and anybody that's like ever felt like that like felt like helpless or like not you know no matter what you do, you're in the system, and this is what it is so mm. what what we wanted to focus on is more more so on like personal upliftment, a revolutionary within within yourself and affecting the world around you, like the direct world. so For example, like, you know, if you know you could be a better father, be a better father. And then your kid's going to be a better person and he's going to affect, you know, and it's like a domino effect. So it's stuff like that, um, that the album kind of touches on. But there are some slight political undertones. But like he said, the general idea was to include our names in it first. And then it just kind of became this thing about just upliftment. So as you listen to the album, a lot of the songs like Dream Chaser, Keeping On they 're inspirational
3: yeah even on something like dope City where it's a it's definitely a message song but at the end with the sample from the wire it's pretty yes. much they, with do with, with what dude is saying is to me was almost like a personal message for me and Rev where it was like if we had any friends that was going through this because I know too many people that was lost through to that BS you know what I'm saying yeah and same thing with him so the message was pretty much like if you are going through this You got somebody you can holler at, you know what I mean? So we made sure we added little things like that in the album to put a a message or some
2: more more substance to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's definitely a a little bit of everything. Like, you know, there's some story records. There's some, like, real-life records. Um, There's some stuff that's just, like, you know, catchy, like, just a nice vibe, you know what I'm saying? So we try to, like, do a little bit of everything, Uh, But it's still like predominantly, you know, very lyrical, very hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But just trying to hit a few different bases, you know what I mean? Mm.
0: Yeah, I, it's it's funny you mentioned that, uh, the wire clip, because I, I noticed that, and I was like, I recognize this, because I've seen yeah. the push-ups in the parking lot yeah. quote like a million times. But, the uh, yeah, I was like, I recognize what he's saying here. And then mm. I, immediately that guy popped into my head. I forget Yo, his character's name. So
2: a funny thing about that clip, shout out to my dude List. So our boy List from the Mike Murderers, we were looking for something that would fit at the end of that song, right? So we did the song really powerful like record, you know what I'm saying, about drug addiction and and the battles. Now, like he said, you know, we know a lot of people that we haven't been through it personally, but we know a lot of people enough to be able to tell that story through their eyes kind of. So what you're hearing is is, you know, it's a story, but at the same time we've taken from like real events in both of our lives and kind of intertwined it and we're like, "Yo, how do we tie this together at the end?" So we were trying to think of like samples that had to do with like addiction and stuff. And my boy Liz is like, yo, what about the wire? And then he sends me that clip. Now, initially it was much longer, you know, it's like he, you know, he's talking for a while and I just listened to it. and I'm like, yeah, we can't have like this whole like three minute rant. Yeah. We got to kind of trim it a little bit. So I cut like certain clips and like kind of tied it together yeah. and that kind of made it like 30, 40 seconds, but it doesn't even feel like that long because what he's saying is so powerful, so moving.
0: Oh, yeah. So no, that's Shout out The Wire. I, shout out The Wire. Yeah, One that show of the best ever. shows ever, man. Absolutely. Love that yeah. show.
2: Shout out List, too, for the for that uh, sample. That was perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah no, that's important. Another <clears throat> awesome line that I liked from Dope City was something about not making it past the fourth step. Mm. which I always hear about because that's the writing step, right? And you're supposed yeah, yeah. to – yeah, that yeah. – people never want to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: glad, well, I, you know what? I'm glad that you caught that, you know. is So, I, you know, I've been – like I said, I've been around addiction my whole life, you know what I mean? Growing up, you know, um, I, I grew up in a really rough environment. Um, you know, my stepfather was a drug dealer. My mom's had addiction issues, you know what I'm saying? Um, she's better now you know what I mean and she she cleaned herself up but I saw that everything all the shit she went through all that stuff um, made me realize like what not to do you know what I'm saying Mm. so it was a lesson and when I saw you know everything that she went through and I was writing this record I was like yo I need to touch on that Because, like, the steps and all that, I used to hear all that. Like, she was going to, you know, meetings and Mm -hmm. trying to get her life together. And I remember that, you know. And the steps was, like, a big thing in the house Mm -hmm. and and the serenity prayer. So, if you notice, I allude to the serenity prayer. You know what I'm saying? I, I mentioned a line with the serenity prayer. I mentioned, like, a sponsor. I remember her having a sponsor. So, like I said... It's not personal, like I've never been addicted to drugs, but I've been so close to it that I was able to draw from that. And a lot of people, you know what's crazy is this record's like a hidden gem, and a lot of people reached out to us after it came out, like when the album came out, because we didn't put it out as a single, but a lot of people, that record touched them because they know, you know, if it's them or a family member. I got so many DMs after, like, yo, this song's, like, really powerful. Like, so, I mean, it did its job. Yeah, It did its job.
0: Yeah, especially our area is kind of ravaged by a lot of that. So it sticks out when you kind of it, and it's funny, there's songs that touch on stuff on that subject, but I like the way that this song touched on it. It was yeah. just a little more subtle, a little more but-but-you-knew-what-was-going-on kind of thing. Hey, and,
2: and, and shout-out to M.Dot on the beat, by the way. Yep. So so M.Dot produced that beat. Uh, he produced two beats on the album, and he, and he's on a joint on the album. He's featured on a joint. So he's he started producing uh, during the pandemic because like, he couldn't tour and all that. So he was like, yo, I'm, I'm going to just... Try my hand at producing, and oh,
1: so he just started producing. So, yeah. so
2: yeah, okay. like like he used to mess around in college when we were in college. Yeah. but like he really took it serious now, and he sat down and started learning programs, learning like how to chop samples, how to you know dig in, doing different things like yeah. layering stuff. So he really took it like trying to sharpen another craft, and since then, like he's gotten a bunch of placements. Like he just produced a joint uh, with uh, Smith and Wesson on it. Uh, from, from uh, Boot Camp Click. He just did a joint with uh, RJ Payne, you know? So yeah. he's starting to, like, you know, get his feet wet in that realm, too. And uh, our album was the f- his first placement. You know, he had two songs uh, on our album. So it was dope to be able to, like, um, spit over one of his beats. And I'm, like, thinking back to college, like, when he used to fuck around in the dorm room, like, right. making beats. And he's come such a long way, so it was pretty cool. Yeah,
3: it was what's dope about uh. Before we got the beat from Dot to do Dope City, I, it was like two or three beats we were trying to write that song to, yep. and it, it like it was just like it's not working, it's not working. And then I'm not even saying this to my own heart, like we got that beat, decided it was gonna be Dope City. And I might, have wrote, I might have wrote that verse in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, it just all flowed out it after that. Clicked. It was just clicked,
2: yeah. Like, and, and he said, yo, that's, he was like, that. that's the one right there. We were going through beats, and like, nothing we came across worked for what we were trying to get across. And then we got to that, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's the one, you know, yeah. and then boom. There was a was lot going. of
3: subjects that we had that didn't make the album because we didn't find the right beats for them, and I'm really glad that we found that beat. Yeah. yeah. So... <clears throat>
0: Oh, so do you have enough scrap uh work from that first album that there'll be another album soon? I um so <laughs> yes, Rev go, yes. <laughs>
3: I'm I'm definitely working on something, but as far as like scrap work, uh Rev stopped that real early. I have a a focus problem. <laughs> with it like I'll like I'll have one beat and then I'll be like and Rev would be like, "Yo, did you write to this?" And I'm like, "I started to, but then I started listening to this other beat." Yeah, I, I hear didn't...
1: that a lot of musicians <laughs> have this problem. Yeah, right? he I
2: gets know. his focus shifts a lot. So yeah. I I would only give him like a couple songs and be like, "Focus on these before I hear yeah. that." But but to, like to answer your question, we did have there's two bonuses. There's two bonuses on the album. You can only get those if you purchase the physical, which is sold out now, or if you buy it on Bandcamp those are the only two ways. So you can't so in order to get the bonuses you can't stream them. You would have to go and buy the album on Bandcamp and you get the two bonuses. And I did that purposely as a marketing ploy to get right, people to buy the to album. Buy it, so I knew that and that was the big kicker when I did the um, the pre-order. I said if you pre-order the album you get the bonuses now. Mhm. You know what I mean? So, so people were like excited because they were like they've been they hear little snippets. I'm posting stuff in stories, and then uh, they go on Bandcamp. They pre-order. They get those right away. And then I got people him yo these are crazy. I I know the album's gonna be crazy because these two bonuses are so it kind of worked out. And one of the bonuses was a Mike Murderer's joint. So we got the rest of the crew on it on a, a secret bonus joint, and that's where we make the announcement that we are gonna do a Mike Murderer's album. So there is some stuff in the works to answer your question. Yeah. Sure. Okay.
0: So we just got some exclusive stuff for. Yeah, free. there it is. There <laughs> it is. That. Yep. Oh so man.
2: So Mike Murder's album coming. I don't know the exact date or anything, but we are working on it. So.
1: All right so you mentioned mdot um yep. and we talked before we were on uh, the podcast but how did you link up with him initially It was in college right so
2: yeah initially it was in college um we were just both mcs on campus and mdot played basketball he had a scholarship right. uh, we went to the same school mcla and he had a, a basketball scholarship and um You know, we just kept hearing about each other. Yo, there's this other MC, da-da-da. And there was, like, a few MCs. Mayhem was one of them and stuff. I met Mayhem, um, he used to host this thing called the Poetic Cipher. And it was like a thing where, like, an open mic for like MCs and poets and stuff. So I, I used to go to that and try to, like, you know, sharpen my verses and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would, you know, spit a, spit a verse and all that. And then he would come up and he'd give me props and stuff. So we just started talking. And then um, eventually, I met M. Dot through a mutual friend who used to always back in the day, like. Um, you know, this is what like LimeWire and all that stuff was oh, yeah. out, right? So, like, people oh, used to download music like crazy. So, one of my boys used to get all the underground stuff, and he was like the plug for all that because he always had it first somehow. He was just paying attention. And he would send me and Dot stuff, and he had like this group file sharing thing. So, we were all in that file sharing thing. Ooh. So, God. so, the so. Secret
0: torrent. Yeah, right. yeah.
2: So, the group share. And then, like, through that, um, he was like yo you know this other dude in the group share he rhymes too you guys should get together and try and do something you know what i mean so we started getting together and next thing you know like we're recording a bunch of stuff and ems is born so yeah
1: and ems is how many people now
2: EMS is seven people. Seven. So it's like a it's like a New England Wu Tang, if you right. will. Like <laughs> it's like a it's a and and the thing is, it's crazy because everybody was like solo acts mostly like before, and then we all kind of came together like Voltron. Like everybody just everybody has like a different style, like yep. and different thing they bring to the crew. So.
0: And that's so cool. You gotta have that that's yeah, New England Wu Tang. It's very like it's that. very
2: it's it's very unique in the fact that um we it's like, like I said, everybody was like kind of a solo artist. You know what I mean? It's not like we were a group and then everybody went solo. Mm. It was like everybody was doing their own thing already. Like yeah. Mayhem was already recording and, and we just decided to do it together, basically. And that's
0: probably the best foundation because nothing was for us. No one grew mm. at different paces. It's right. people right. at a matured level came together right. and then formed something instead of, uh, you know, that. It's almost like when the Celtics Big Three came together in wait, They yeah. already built yeah, their own yeah foundations in right.
1: places and then they came right. together
2: and, and, and see you know. the di- and so the difference I guess the, the parallel to that is like what EMS the, the way we came together Mike Murderers came together because we were just friends. Like we just happened to be friends. Like I was friends with Liss him and, uh listen illa used to wrestle together they used to do, like professional wrestling like so that's another oh, okay. like story so illa <laughs> did like professional story. yeah professional like they did like indie shows and backyard shows and all that and that's actually how i connected with them
3: because... how
0: how recently oh man this was uh,
3: professional wrestling i stopped in like 2004 oh, 2005 okay. yeah oh, but my goodness. when i had um <laughs> what was your name the Messiah. The Messiah? <laughs> the, Messiah? Yeah. the Messiah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I used, to, uh, I, was, I used to come out to 50 Cent Heat. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I was going to say it, but I didn't know if you wanted to <laughs> say let's it. Let's go. Yeah. I was going
2: to say Yo, so 50 Cent Heat, which if you know is oh, the most yeah. ignorant song. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, but um,
3: I had a <laughs> – as for a big dude, I've always been real athletic. So when we got in the ring, I did some stuff, and Liss was there. And he see me, and we just got cool that day. So then one day we partying. I told him I rhymed. He asked me to spit him some stuff. I started spitting him some stuff. But at the time, all of my stuff sounded the exact same. Like, there was, like, there was no flow change. Mm. Every pattern, like, all, all the words were real similar and whatnot. Okay. And he was like, yo, man, this is kind of boring. <laughs> I was like, what? This is kind of boring. I was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but then like I'm looking at my stuff Later that night And I'm like Damn he's right But then we started You know we started Talking about doing um, A mixtape And he introduced me to, to Rev And then One day I just I went to list house He went to work hung out with him for like 10 hours and well we just sat there and recorded the entire time i just yeah. i think yeah. i freest out over a jack and for jack beats or whatnot yeah. like, you
2: know he did a bunch of like just, different uh yeah so he rec- he just like just started doing verses like literally and i just let him go it was like unleashing an animal yeah. and i just let him go because i wanted to see like you know what what he was capable of and then uh from then on we just started working on music and so like i said that was born out of like friendship and just like knowing people and introduction ems was a little different because it was just we were just all different MCs and people just was like oh you should rhyme together you know what i mean so so that's the the two parallels and then it came full circle because it happened to be while i was on tour with dot That we were talking before I left on tour and he was sending, you know, Illa was sending me music and he was saying to me, Um, you know, I want you to check this out. And it was just really dope. He was like doing some creative new stuff, different flows, different topics, and I was like, yo, when I come back, let's let's work on something. And that's that's how the album was born. I did not believe him. Yeah, he didn't (laughs) believe me. And we worked on this album for like a year and a half, honestly. We started before the pandemic, and you know, lot of recording sessions, a lot of fixing stuff, re-recording things, a lot of like mixing and mastering and you know, four, five, six, seven, eight different versions like, you know yeah. what I mean? So it was a process.
1: Yeah. You guys have any shows planned?
2: Um right now, so things are just like starting to open back up. Um I do believe that in I think it's in August uh I might be doing a show with M. Dot and Edog, I believe, uh, in August. It's going to be in Boston. It's still they're still finalizing stuff, so I don't want to like yeah. put the date out there or anything yet until it's solidified. But you know, I'll be promoting it on the page and stuff. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get some shows going. Me and Illa are gonna definitely set up some stuff um, now that the you know pandemic is, I don't want to say gone, but like dying down and like things are opening up. We'll be able to kind of you know really like promote the album, perform songs off the album. So I'm excited for that too. Yeah. Oh.
3: I'm, at, I'm I'm really looking I mean <clears throat> I ain't got much more to add to it, but I, I haven't performed since like 2013. So like okay. I'm I'm like really looking forward to it. Oh
0: yeah. The pandemic so. hit you hard. <laughs> 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 yeah. That was
3: that was the thing. And that in that and that time period is when like we didn't lose touch as friends, but we weren't really emceeing together. Right. And without having Rev there to, like, really push. I was just making music and then walking away from it. You yeah. know what I mean? And then um, I hooked up with my boy, my boy Lou, and my man Cut. And we started just working on music, working on music. And then that's when I started, you know, sending it to Rev, like, hey, man, check this out. And I'm working on some new stuff, and yada, yada, yada. And plus it was, like, the last time I had Ryan with him, I think I've always been pretty good lyrically, but, like, I was – There was a lot of things that need to be, you know, a lot of edges that needed to be rounded off or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, at this point, I feel like I had got there. So when I had started sending it to him, he seen, you know, he seen the improvement and was like, "We should really start working on stuff." And I'm, I'm at my best when I get to work with him and List. And I'm saying that's when I'm at my absolute best. So I came into this album with a chip on my shoulder. I didn't want to disappoint him, and I wanted to make sure that a year and a half or whatever we put into this was well worth it so i had to i knew he was going to carry his side of it i just had to make sure i carried mine
2: yeah man and and to just to go off of that too is like i said he he came into it with a chip on his shoulder and that made me work that much harder because i i saw how serious he was taking it so I knew it was the right choice for us to do something together and it just made me like push my pen game and it and it made me excited to be able to promote something like this that I knew we were both given a hundred percent to. So yeah.
1: Right. So you're both pushing each other and Yeah, you know, it's like...
2: we like I said, we play off
3: each other really well. Right. He was like he is messed up. It's it's already nerve wracking enough, <laughs> like rapping next to this dude. <laughs> But I don't know why I, I had mean. to. I had to do all my verses first without hearing what he had.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so like,
3: I'm doing we'll verses, and then I'm going home sweating, like, yo, this dude's just gonna hear my stuff, and then like.
1: So you heard his verses before
3: you? Yes. Him. So he yeah, heard every but, verse on okay. the album was done first by me, and then because so I, I did it on purpose, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did it <that> on purpose.
2: <laughs> so yeah, why is that? So. The idea behind that was so I, I know how he is. So, like I said, he he has a short attention span sometimes with things, right? So, I didn't want him to overthink stuff too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I knew if I got him in there first and it was already laid down, then I can kind of control the foundation because mm-hmm. then he can like harass me and be like, "Oh, I want to re-record that. I want to re-record that." And I can just be like, "No, it's <laughs> it's great the way it is." What do you mean? You know, yeah. if he hadn't laid it down, then you know it'd be like. You know, he's got more leeway. Oh, I got this verse, I got that verse, I want to do this verse. So I always try to structure it where, like, yo, this is what we're going to work on this week. Keep him focused on that one or two verses. Comes in, he lays those, now we move on to the next ones. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So I just felt like that was better for him as far as like a focus standpoint. Um, because he loves to write, you know, and every time he would hear different beats, he'd get distracted. So I stopped sending him new beats, and I'm like, <laughs> you're not getting new beats until these verses yeah. are recorded. Just write to there. You know, and it's like, and it's not even a control thing. It's because I know what type of environment it takes to be able to get the best out of him, because yeah. he will get distracted, you know what I'm saying? And not that that, you know, like if you get distracted, but I knew, we, I was like, yo, I want this to be like, I, I want to put, 150% into this and I don't want to uh, allow too many other distractions. I want every time we're working, I want us to be focused on what we're working on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, did, I I knew where we were going with it. I could kind of like envision it. And then once it started to snowball, he saw that and then he was all right with it, you know. He knew like <laughs> what I was doing, you know what I mean? So and then,
3: then there'd be certain verses that I did that I felt like gassed up about And he would just not respond. (laughs) Oh the worst. So like I'd be in a booth, I feel like I'm going off, and then I look over and he's just like And if y'all listening, and if y'all listening to this, and y'all hear like an uncomfortable silence, that's really that's, how it was.
0: Like
2: how I was. was just like, I was doing like the Diddy on him, like the, <laughs> you know, like Diddy, like in making the band where he don't like change his face because he don't want that, them, he don't want them to get too high yeah. or too low. Is that what you, you were know? doing? Was that that's what I was doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and the reason, and, and you know, he can know this now because the album's done. But um, <laughs> at the time, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that. But what I was trying to do is not let him get too high or too low on anything. Thing you know, and and it kept them even to where, like, if something really needed to be fixed, and I knew that, and he came to me and we both agreed on it, then he would come back and redo it. Or, like, if I needed to redo something, it just kept the process really honest, you know what I'm saying? And, and, like, because I, I. You know the term yes men, right? Yeah. You ever hear it like yes? So I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be like a yes man and uh, like he's incredible. He can spit. You know what I mean? He knows that. Like people told him that. I've told him that. But the thing is, during this process, I wanted to keep it as pure as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pure as possible. No egos. No, oh, you're so nice. That was crazy. I didn't want to do any of that shit. I wanted it to just be organic, pure and and natural to what we're doing at the time.
1: That's important. With, with no especially when you're up. dealing with someone who you're like friends with. You're right. Right. You, you know and I'm also not
2: trying to chop them down.
1: Yeah. Either. Right. I'm not like
2: I, I'm not like, yo, that shit is trash. Do that again. <laughs> I wasn't doing that either. You know what right. I mean? if it wasn't it, I'd be like, no, I'll try it again. You know what right, I'm saying? Yeah. So I, not too high, not too low. We live like
3: an hour and like fifteen minutes away from each other. Right. So I drove to his house every time. I record Dope City. He doesn't say anything, so that whole hour and fifteen minutes back, I'm like,
0: "Oh, you didn't damn. say anything even after." <laughs> no, <the event. laughs> like oh, I, got oh, I got home, I got home,
3: and <laughs> yeah. the only people that could hear the music when we were after we recorded it was me, him, and Liz was the only people that listened to it.
2: We had like a Dropbox, yeah, drop box yeah
3: them, and right. so we had a group chat. So Liz had listened to my verse from Dope City, and he sends out a text to both of us, and he's like, "Chris, Dope City is gonna be the best song in your album." And I'm like, yo, you liked it? And Chris is like, yeah, man, it was crazy. I
2: was like, (laughs) why did you say nothing when I was up there, man? So I gave him credit after, right? (laughs) I gave him credit after once I got the text because then Lance blew it out the water. So I had to say, yeah, (laughs) it was pretty pretty dope. But when I, like, I'll tell you a story. When I went to record that, right, I was having, like, cold sweats at night because his verse was so fire. Like, he did such a good job portraying what he was trying to get across that I was like, yo, I got to make sure I come correct on this shit. And I don't usually feel like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a pretty, like, I'm not cocky, but I'm confident. But I'm also humble, too. But, like, when I'm listening to that, I'm like, yo, like, how am I going to outdo this? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's my mindset. That's the competitive edge that he brings out of me. And, like, I heard that verse, and I listened to that verse, like, every night for a while before I wrote my verse. and to my my wife could testify who's here in the background y'all can't see her but when i did the verse originally there was a part that wasn't sitting that great and my wife was like yo this is a really good song you should redo that part because like I, I could tell that you don't love it And she could see it in my face, too. And I'm like, yeah, but no, but it's good. And she's like, yeah, but you don't love it. And I just kind of looked at it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I don't love it. I should redo it. And then we, like, went back to the house, and she recorded me, and I redid it. She sat there with me, and I'm like, you know, and she was, like, my my little engineer. And then the final product is, you know, what you hear. But it took me, like, what, like, a while to get that because I wanted it perfect, and I wanted it to be, you know... I had to live up to what he did on his verse so that and then you know the outcome is what you hear that song and it's it's done well it's been a really powerful influence on people so
3: yeah I feel like the entire album is we're unified but it's almost a friendly competition
1: right you know what I'm saying which is good like, and you... I think I like that's that. anytime two rappers make an album together I think that's what yeah. it is yeah. I think it's you know whether it's eminem and royce or fab and Jadakiss, yeah. it's like they and some
2: of those are like the best out like i love albums like that i they, think because like they, they get bar and, the best out of
1: each other because yeah. it's there's a difference between making an album by yourself and doing it with another person who is really good at what you do and you know is like one of the best at it and you're, you're trying to outdo them but like in a respectful way right obviously. right so it, it yeah that's a lot of times the best hip-hop music is made that way for sure for
2: sure i agree man and that's why it was so fun, like making this album, because I know we bring that out of each other. But also too, we're friends too, so it's like, right. you know, it's like a friendly competition, and, and we know that we're trying to uplift the other one.
1: You know, right. you know what I mean? Absolutely. And
2: that's key, like as you're recording, is to never lose track of that part. You know, because there's times of frustration. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you argue, yeah, sure. you get mad, and you're like, nah, and you disagree and stuff. But the thing is is like at the end of the day you have to remember why you're doing it you know what right. I'm saying and and you're trying to like um, you know put together this art that you hope people will connect with right you know what I'm saying and that's kind of like the end goal and you know I'm just glad people are connecting with it
1: in a way it's probably easier to the process is probably easier to make an album with another rapper because you're constantly being pushed you're constantly like oh i need there's to, no slack uh, time for there's sure. no slack time at all yeah
2: I, I, Dot gives me a hard time because he wants me to like finish my solo yeah and he's producing my solo and he keeps getting at me all the time in text like yo when are you gonna record another song like <laughs> yeah. you only did one song over one beat and i'm just like oh man he's right and it's just hard to get motivated sometimes you know right. especially when you don't have somebody to play off of to push you because you know, we got other life shit, you know what I mean? People work, people got families, people, you know, married, this, that. You got other things going on, so you have to find pockets of time to be able to do the art. And it's hard sometimes to get inspired in those pockets. But you just have to sometimes, no excuses, just do it and buckle down. So I got you, Dot. I'm, I'm, working, <laughs> it's on on I'm working on I it. on the way. I'm working on it.
3: I think it's a lot harder for somebody like Rev Dote because it, it's not... And this isn't down on myself or anybody else, but my job is easy. Give me a beat, I write to it, I spit, it's over. Yeah. Rev's job is everything else after that. And <laughs> you know I'm saying so yeah. everything that like the like even even going down to setting up something like this that you know, sitting here with y'all, this is from him. Mm-hmm. And I mean working and and sending things out. So I could see how it would be hard to get motivated to just sit down and write when you're doing Everything else is, you know, what I mean, as part of the thing for me, it's just like, oh, you want me to write an album? All right, cool, I can get this done. You give me all these beats, cool. For him, it's like, all right, I'll get to this after I do this, and then after I do this, and then after I do this. Right. So I True. can see True. why yeah. he's, uh, why the mac, the the motivation, the motivation or whatnot is lacking a little bit. But when it gets there, I'm 100 percent confident that this dude's gonna lay down a
2: classic, man. 100% confident. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, man. You know, that he's right. That's that's the thing. I get spread thin sometimes. Yeah. I just have to know, um, you know, be, how to better manage my time and, like, uh, remember why I do all the other stuff. You know what I mean? If that's it wasn't the for the music.
1: I was going to say, like, it, do you find sometimes you kind of lose track of, like, what you really want to do? Because you, you're spending so much time doing the promotion, yeah, do, you yeah. know, setting up interviews, doing all that. And then yeah. you're like, wait. Why am I doing all this? Because of the music. I need to actually focus on the music. Yeah,
2: and that's, as an artist, that's like the hard balance. Like, half the time, some people don't even know I'm an artist because I'm doing all the other shit, like, so much that it's like they forget, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, that's when I know, like, all right, yeah, it's time to release, like, some new music and, like, let people know, like, I still do this. Like,
0: you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a hard balance. Um, Do you like having control of that yourself, or would you prefer, do you think it would be better, like, in an ideal situation to have that taken care of. No, I li- he needs I the like control.
2: It. I do. I do. Yeah. He needs it.
3: He will spaz out if he didn't have that control, man. You are here yeah. first.
2: No, yeah. She ain't. She <laughs> so. her head. It's not, it's not even that I'll spaz out. It's more so that like, I don't, like when you, this is like your baby. Like this, like this album was right. our baby. Like I don't trust it in nobody else's hands. Right. Like if it ain't me and him, I don't trust it. You know. Like he's the only one I would talk to and maybe list about it. Like uh, like our ideas, like for videos, this that. But like, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant. A lot of it's like my anxiety because I have like severe anxiety. So. A lot of that's my anxiety playing into it because I have like a healthy distrust of people. And when you care about something so much, you're scared to give it to other people and Mm. you're worried that they won't treat it with the same care that you would if that makes sense yep. right. so i rather just do it myself because i know that i'm gonna always give it a hundred percent but i don't know if i hire like some publicist or some promoter or whatever i don't know they i might just be another like right. paycheck for you them don't know or another. They, if
1: you're really in their best
0: interest right yeah.
2: and, and so here's the thing like to that end also when i promote music and stuff for other artists i treat it like it's my own music yeah i do everything the exact same way i don't i i send it to the same people i you know i promote it through the same avenues i don't do anything differently because i treat artists like if they hire me to like push their work i treat it like if it were my own work because i know that's how i would want somebody to treat Mm -hmm. it you know what i mean so yeah that's that's why i am like that dude is
3: military like i'd be on my way i'd be on my way to to his crib and then he's sending me texts while i'm driving like what's your eta what time <laughs> you get? and i'm like so it got to a point where i uh, we would get to i would get to his house and i'd be like i can't text you when i'm driving you know that right like, it's illegal so after a text. while I just started sending him, like, ridiculous messages back. He'd be like, yo, what's your ETA? He and I'd be sick, like, yeah, that's what's up, Chris. Yeah. And then he'd be yeah, like, I'd be like,
2: yeah. I'd be like, huh? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. What time are you getting here? And, and, then, and then next thing I know, he'd be, like, at my door. like. Yeah. So he would just do shit like that to me. But it's funny, you know? It makes it
3: yeah. lighthearted.
2: It keeps things lighthearted.
0: Yeah. So. yeah.
2: But,
3: I mean, I joke about it, man, but with without it, the album would have really been lacking so that extra push that he gets is is very much needed man so i mean i know i we laughing and joking about it but this dude is the nucleus to everybody around him man and that that you know, from the top to the bottom everything has to go through him because if, mm-hmm. if he's not helping like i have i have some people that i'm working on music with and even though this dude's like family to me i'm like we we need to pay rev to promote our stuff Mm. and yeah. then like even it's with this it. yeah even with this album we're sitting there talking and i'm just like you should have more money than me you get that right <laughs> yeah. like, i was just like you know more of this should be he's like no nah, man we did this together and i'm like did we, <laughs> did <laughs>
2: we? <laughs> <laughs> like you know this thing i'm following your lead brother so yeah no i mean i definitely do a lot of stuff but again like that's a lot of that's by choice you know what i'm saying um But he's definitely helped in a lot of other aspects, too, which I appreciate, you know, because you can't do it alone. It's a duo album. And, you know, like I said, he's contributed with ideas, you know, helping with video ideas, concepts for for songs, you know what I'm saying? And even him just, like, driving to come to the studio, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never had to leave my house. He always came to me. So that makes it easier, too, you know what I'm saying? So all those things contribute to it.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a give and take for sure. You gotta gotta pull your weight. Um. So I and this is a little off topic, but a question I was thinking about. Uh. So you guys have been doing shows, I guess, for a while now. It's uh, a lot a lot of the people we talk to, um. I guess are on the newer side. So the pandemic really affected some of the trajectory of their shows. Right. Um. And I'm always curious about how things go at shows. What's the wildest thing you guys have seen like happen at one of your shows? Uh for me personally, um
2: I wouldn't call it wild, but it was dope to see is when I was in Europe with M Dot, we did a show where it was um it was basically like a festival and there was it was a festival put on by like a local high school. Hmm. Um and, and basically uh, I believe it was in I wanna say it was in Switzerland. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was So in do S- you do like a whole tour in Europe? Yeah, yeah. The oh, the last yeah. time we went out, yeah, we went to like uh Switzerland, Sweden, Germany, wow. uh Luxembourg. Yeah, them so, though, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's unbelievable.
2: So yeah, so we went to a bunch of different spots and so one of the shows was in Switzerland and we did this festival thing with these these younger kids, you know. Now you would think like the younger kids they're into the, the newer stuff, right? That's fine, you know. They're doing their thing, whatever. But then all of a sudden, bro, during like, so they're doing like the the turned up, like the trap shit, and they're like, you know, going in, and I'm feeling it. Like they they're performing their ass off. Like they got high energy. They're fucking going in, and I'm like, yo, this is dope. But then all of a sudden, they form like a circle in the crowd. And, yo, these young cats start breakdancing. I couldn't believe my yeah. eyes, dude. I thought I was in, like, a break movie. It was like, man, I was man. like, wait a minute, what's going on? Yo, and it was so dope to see that, like, that respect for the culture yeah. overseas. A- and, like, the young people still, like, love, like, all the aspects of the culture like that. And they were, like, breakdancing, da- like, break but, like, spinning, doing, like, heads- like crazy shit, you know? Wow. And it was so dope to see that. So that was one of the, like, coolest things I saw.
3: I did a show opening for two live crew. Oh shit. And I would oh, say God.
2: I know where this is going. I would say the, the yeah. wildest
3: thing I seen was the crowd. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that music hits and even dudes start shaking their ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying it was just booty everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and like I'm I had loop, bro. I'm yeah, like I, I'm sitting popping. there watching, like, wow, this energy is crazy. For me, I would say the We had did a show in maine at like this car show oh day. yeah that was a good one okay. and we were performing in a wrestling ring and i don't know if you remember this <laughs> yeah but rev gets in the ring i'm getting in after and i go to step in between the ropes and all you hear is <laughs> whole shit split what split <laughs> the pants everything just from, out? from the balls down and yeah. i just look up yeah, yeah, yeah. and Liz looks at me and he just goes Hey, keep going, bro. <laughs> like, you did the show, dick out. Just the whole show. I'm just sitting there, oh, no. like half stanky leg, <laughs> performing or <laughs> whatnot with the
2: with the pants. He was a point. pro, though. He kept, <laughs> he kept going, though. That's the key. Never stop. Just keep going. I Act be, like it didn't happen. Yeah. It's like I remember Destiny's Child. Act like child. it's part of the show. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Desti- Destiny's Child. my wardrobe. Child this, is Beyonce. My this is before Beyonce was Beyonce when she was in a group with Destiny's Child. They were on like BET. They were coming out And Michelle tripped And fell on the stage Beyonce and Kelly Looked at her And they kept going And doing their two step. Like, yeah, as The show must go on must yeah, go, yeah. The show must go on And then she got up And she jumped in And didn't miss a beat And they were like I was like yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to whisper it Under the mic like, Chris my balls is hanging out Wow
3: <laughs> Like, yeah. like you gotta get in the front man my balls, are
2: t- oh, <laughs> my balls. Yeah. And it's oh. like but there's a, it's a ring they it's can called see you from every side yeah. like, real. <laughs> like does somebody yeah. have a blanket that was crazy yeah that was a fun yeah. show actually yeah it was that was a good show Oh, oh man! Oh, well, I'm glad I
3: asked.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you asked too. That was <laughs> right. oh, yeah. Until yeah. you said that, I almost forgot about that song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to know more about Europe, though. What was that like? Like how, like the different countries? You said they were very receptive of hip hop. Yeah, man. I um, was gonna. I was actually there you go finish ahead. his question. Was- yeah, no.
2: That I mean, it was it was a great experience, man. And Europe is like it's. um it's a unique experience because the, the people as far as hip-hop goes, like I said, you know, I was talking to you before, Jack, about it, like, they're just really, really supportive, yeah. you know? And not to say that in the U.S. they're not supportive, but, like, you know, they still buy merch, they buy CDs, they do all that mm-hmm. stuff. They're super hype at shows. You know what I'm saying? It's not like if you're going to a show, I would hope you're going to a show to have a, to have a good time. Right. So somebody's telling you, "Yo, get your hands up." I would hope you're not just like meme mugging like yeah. this. It's like, like what are I, you even doing? I'll then? be oh, I'll, right. I'll be you're honest. Some I shows don't. out here, they be like that. You're like, <laughs> "Yo," and you're like into it, you're trying to like get into the crowd and rhyme and you're like doing your thing. And, and you're like get your hands up at you, and they're like, just
1: like like you're on TV or something like. You yeah. know, and a lot
2: of that, a lot of that is just, you know, it's it's a culture thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Out there, they're very free flowing. It's I was a, gonna ask, like, what,
1: why do you think that is? That kids in the states aren't as engrossed in like the hip hop culture and the old school hip hop as they are over there.
2: I just I just think that um, I think artistically it's different here a little bit. Uh, I think over there there's more of an appreciation for the art as a whole, like all the elements. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's been lost a little bit over time here. Mm. Like. It's it's nice when you see like a video of like Lil Uzi Vert like breakdancing like on Instagram. I just saw that yesterday. I thought that was so dope. Yeah, I didn't even know that motherfucker could breakdance because right. the way that he talks about he's he's always like I'm a rock star, this and that, and that's cool. Do what you do. However, you are making hip hop music, right, right. despite what you want to call it. You're rapping. Mm. You know, you could throw some singing in there and all that, but you're rhyming on a beat. Mm. So that the elements of that should be you should respect that and where it comes from and sometimes i think that gets lost here as to where overseas they're very they're still pure with it there's like a still like an organic love for it like right. i said where those kids they're performing they were doing trap music too you right. know they're so doing it's not like, the like they're, it's not
1: like they're like these old heads who are like oh you know no, they're doing stuff, trap music like, but yeah. they, they were still they break dancing. everything yeah, yeah. yeah so
2: so that's i think that's where the you know there's a little bit of a disconnect uh, not for everybody, you know. Obviously, there's still people in the States that appreciate and love their hip-hop. Uh, a lot of them are, like, older heads, you know what I'm saying, that love the golden era. But that that's another thing, too, is, like, us as... Uh, like, for me, being somebody that, like, was around in the golden era and I grew up in that, like, I love that era, but I still respect what the newer era does, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I can't just be trapped in that box and be right. like, you know what I'm saying, and be like, oh... Because that would be like what my my parents and my grandparents exactly. did to us. You exactly. know what I'm saying? When rap came out, they thought that shit was just going to be a fad. Oh, right. uh, this shit will disappear in like five years. It's, you know, it's not going to stick around. So I don't want to be like that. Let them do them and express themselves. The only issue I have with it sometimes is like, I feel the art form gets a little convoluted where they forget about like the substance. and the, Like it's yes. great to turn up. We could all make music like that. We have music like that. But at the same time... Hip hop was always like the the forefathers when they created this. It was to party, but on the flip side of the party was to say something, to to have a voice uh, from the hood, from the ghetto, like people speaking about oppression. So you got to kind of have balance, you know. Yeah. Not every artist could do it. If the only music
1: you're making is the turn up shit, then you're not really.
2: I mean, you could do that, but like, I just feel like there's a way to balance it. Right. Like, like Kendrick, somebody like Kendrick, I feel like he balances it. Like he'll have some shit that's like like yo, you're just like, boom, you know what I mean, and you're like, oh shit, this is dope, I could hear this at a party, but then he'll have some pimper you know a butterfly type mm-hmm. shit where it's like, oh wow, that's crazy, He's talking about like some real shit, yeah, so I think you have reason. to kind of have both and my, my thing is
3: um i heard a i I heard a quote from Farrell Mach one time, and that's how it's I live by that, what he pretty much said. When I was coming up, I listened to artists, and I would always say to myself, like, damn, at one point, I hope I can do this. I I hope I can be somewhat this good. Yeah. And the feeling today, if you're coming up to to rap, is almost like, well, I know I can do this if he can do it. And I mean, and so. It's different. I think that's that's the biggest difference there. And, like, because it doesn't seem like. Once somebody gets a dope beat, it's like, well, who gives a shit what I'm saying? Right. You know and I'm saying? and As
1: long as the melody's there and the flow is yeah, on point, right. then who cares right. what I'm saying? Exactly. Right. And
3: don't get me wrong. We all have those songs that we just want to zone out to. You don't mm-hmm. really want to listen. Mm-hmm. But I can't listen to a whole album like
1: that. Right. You mm-hmm. know what
3: I'm saying? Like, I want to hear you say something. that I want to be like, oh, I caught that line or whatnot. And, and if I'm not doing that, if I'm just hearing all beat, then... I can't really get into it. Right. I know music's always going to evolve. That's what I respect. That's what I love about you know not just about hip hop and music. That's, I love that that it's always going to evolve. But if if it evolves into something that I just don't want to listen to, then that's you know that, that, ugh, I can't do that. But there think, is there's a lot of dope stuff out there. You just got to look for it, man. That's you know true. What I mean? Like everything, look for it. Everything. Yeah.
1: It. You like it? In order to find really dope hip hop nowadays, you got to dig. Like yeah. you got to dig. It's not yeah. as easy. It's not going to be. You know, if you look at the the charts or what's popular, you're not going to find the best stuff. And and
2: that's the thing because those people are more—they're more predominantly focused on what's going to sell the most and stuff. And I think that's that's the thing for me that I think gets a little lost in this era. Like I like a lot of stuff. Like I love Cole, I love Kendrick, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I I like a lot of different stuff like that. There's a lot of dope artists and I listen to turn up shit and all that. Like mm-hmm. you got you have moods, pockets for certain things. Absolutely. But I think one of the biggest things is if you're making music, right? And you're you're trying to make it from the soul from an artistic standpoint, if you want it to transcend time. Like I can listen to Stevie Wonder now and it still gave, gives me the feeling of when I listened to Stevie Wonder when I was a kid and my grandfather was playing it on, you know, like on a 45, right? right? You know what I'm saying? So you have to be able to, you know, or you should want to if you're in music. Some people don't care about this. They just want to make money. But you're going to be a flash in the pan. You're going to be here for five years. And then, like Cole said, you know, in five years you're going to be on Love and Hip Hop. Right. It's true. Like if your idea of, of making the art isn't longevity and isn't to make something that transcends time, you're not going to be around, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It should have a feel to it, and that feels sh- it should connect like across eras, you know what I'm saying? So,
1: absolutely. Now, Cole was on point with that. That was 1985, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
2: going in on, um, Lil I think Pump. it was Lil Pump, yeah, and and, <laughs> and then they had a conversation afterward, Lil, you know, and that's what know, it's about. The OG Pump school in nowadays, longer.
1: like, I'm not really sure. Who knows? I'm like date, probably dating supermodels. Yeah, and like I'm, sure off. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's living but, a great life. But Gucci Gang is not like a timeless record. You no, know I mean? exactly. It's not, gonna, it's not. Ten years from now, people aren't yeah. going to be listening. Exactly,
2: to that. and that's the thing. And I think Cole tried to put him on to like a little bit of game with that. Right. And they had a conversation after that. Hopefully, he took some of that with him. You know. So I would say that to newer artists now: don't chase trends or sounds. Like it's cool to do what you want to do and like have fun and stuff. But if you want lasting music, you have to create music with a feel. Mm-hmm. Like people have to, when you, when people push play, they have to feel it. Because no matter how much things change in the genre, feel is always there. Yep. That doesn't change. So like I said, I could listen to, old, you can listen to old rock music, you can listen to old R&B, you can listen to oldies, whatever. And You could still listen to them today with the same passion as you would years ago because it's just good music and it has a feel to it. Right. You know, some of it was trash, you know, don't get me wrong. Every era had their garbage. You know what I'm saying? But so.
0: Yeah, it's interesting too because if you go back and I don't know that the top 40s today, I don't know that the top 40s in the past 20 years measure up to the top 40s of the past uh century you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. of the music that that's was a good,
2: that's a good point actually yeah
0: if i never sense. thought about that yeah it's
2: crazy yeah yeah i mean if you compared the two it's like you know what i mean like these are top 40 now but where will they be in like five ten years that's really where that's the test of time like yeah. you go back and you look at records like you know old michael jackson records and shit some of those things are still on the charts. You still hear yeah, them. Yeah. They're like, still, oh, on still on the charts. You go to the
1: grocery store and it's playing on the yeah, radio. Yeah, like, like it's you, like yeah. Quadruple
2: Diamond or whatever right. it is. And they're still on the charts and still selling. That should tell you something. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like making music like that, that transcends time, you know? My thing is
3: I, I, I can't get how somebody doesn't want that feeling. Right. Like <clears throat> I know realistically as, as well as the album doing, is doing – that we're relatively small potatoes, but when I looked and I seen over forty thousand streams, like, my heart like I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like
0: yeah.
3: people are actually listening. People are giving that's a, a lot sh- of you know? streams. 40, yeah, 000, and it? then, yeah, it's you know,
2: crazy. Indy, I didn't even. I was like shocked, bro. That's when, like, a lot. Like, I just got a.
3: I just got a, a message from a producer in like Finland that was just like, "Yo, man, I just heard your stuff. Yeah, I want to. I want to do some stuff with you. That's great, man." And that's a great feeling to have. Absolutely. I would, I would never want it, want it to be like, well, I got a check, so who cares? Right. You know what I'm saying? I want as much. Don't get me wrong. I ain't saying I don't want no money. <laughs> I
0: ain't, I ain't saying don't that. Want check. I ain't saying that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but I Not am saying Finland. that. There, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: There's a, there's a big reward when you see that people are actually feeling your stuff. Sure.
1: Yeah. That's true. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I'm just glad it's doing well yeah honestly i'm 40, 000 streams yeah man it, it, it's you know, closer to 45 now right yeah it's, yeah okay. it's almost at 45 yeah so so the thing is is like you know it's not that i'm shocked like i knew it would do well i just didn't know like this well and a lot of it has to do we just had a game plan in place we knew like how we were go- we knew what songs we were gonna drop we knew how we were gonna push them um You know, we knew like we've been talking about the videos we want to shoot and why and and about making videos different, not just like traditional rap videos where it's just somebody rapping in front of a camera uh, for three minutes, you know, like trying to really have treatments and Mm. different stuff and and being creative with it. So I think all that stuff kind of is transferred over and people Mm. have been receptive to it. And a big thing, too, honestly, whoever's listening, like artists that are listening to this, when you listen to this, uh, playlist, man. Like, you know, that's the new thing. And and streaming, yep. you know, as much as you want people to buy your stuff, the way people are going to discover your stuff is through, through streaming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it has its pros and its cons. Like, you know, obviously as artists, you don't want to get like, you know, one-tenth of a penny or whatever <laughs> for like yeah. a stream, you know, but like he just said somebody from finland hit him up to work you know what i mean that's what streaming does because right. it provides that global scale so use that to your advantage try to get on playlists pitch to small playlists start small build with those smaller playlists and then network out
1: i do think artists do. should get paid way more for streaming though
2: like, yeah they should yeah. man it, it's sad but you know so i was talking to somebody about this recently and it's interesting the way that the record companies did it, right? So back in the day, you used to get you know points on your album, like that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? You would get a certain amount for like, let's say you know your album sold for twenty dollars. If you're Snoop Dogg, you're on a major label, you might see like two or three dollars out of that twenty. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's the same principle now yeah. just with streaming, because the la- the labels bought into the streaming services. A lot of people don't know that the major labels own stake in Spotify. Right. So that's how they control what gets on these bigger playlists. They just have to push a button and be like, yo, Drake's dropping this new single. It needs to be on these playlists. Here's what we have to throw towards it make sure it gets to the right people, mm. put it on those playlists. Right. It's how they used to control radio back in the day. It's the same principle. You know, payola, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's taboo. They don't talk about it, but that's what they used to do. They used to pay fucking DJs to spin your record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially if you were a new artist and you didn't, nobody knew who the hell you were, how else you think your shit's going to get spun 50 times a day? You know what I mean? So they're doing the same thing, but with playlists now – And for an indie artist, it made it harder, especially the last few years, because before you could get on playlists and stuff and like you could land on a big playlist and go viral from that shit Mm -hmm. or on SoundCloud. And you get like look at designer a few years ago when he came out with the fucking Panda record. He worked that record for over a year. Before it blew up. Right. And it had hundreds of thousands of streams on SoundCloud before it blew up on the radio. Yeah. And that's how Kanye heard it and was like, yo, I'm going to sign this dude and I'm going to give him a deal and then I'm going to make a fucking fortune off this guy Mm because this song's going to be everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, but again, that's the flash in the pan thing because he had that one song and then he disappeared because fucking in 20 years who's gonna want to listen to panda 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 there's no feel to it it's right. dope the beat's hot the beat but is like, hot. You know the beat is like you know what i'm saying like you know but but you know it I is rather what it listen is to
1: joiner's version of it
2: yeah I'm listen it is writing. it is it is what it is you know i'm not not everybody get get your money do what you do but at the end of the day don't forget the art form you could there's a place for those records but on the album you should be there should be some cuts where you're trying to like mm. make something that transcends time. You right. got to have and singles. Actually, connect with people. Yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. especially as an indie artist. I, for me, I don't think indie artists should be chasing it so hard, like to sound like radio. You Do know, you know think what I'm saying? That
0: artists should have like I don't want to say classical music training, but training just in music theory, like should most. I artists... think
2: I think it helps. In hip hop, it's not as commonplace. Yeah. So. You know, because most hip-hop musicians don't play, you know, they don't play, like, instruments and stuff. Mm -hmm. Producers do. There's producers that play drums. They play guitar. They play all that. I do think that it would help. So in college, I took guitar one and two. I can't play a fucking lick of guitar, right? <laughs> However, I did it to learn a little bit more about music theory and notes and why this note's here and why this note goes here and Man. why it sounds and why these notes should be coupled together. So I did that shit just to learn about that because essentially my voice is my instrument. Man. So when I hear notes in a beat and different things in a beat, Maybe I wanna hit those with different inflections or switch the flow pattern or do, so that's how I'm using my instrument, which is my voice. Mm. So to answer your question, yeah, I think it's good and it's good to learn like timing, like 4-4 time. Mm. I can't tell you how many rappers I've come across and they don't even know what the fuck 4-4 time is. And it's like you rap. Rap yeah, is 4-4 four, right, four yeah. time. Yeah. Like, that's all it is basically most of the time. Yeah. It's pretty much a 4-4 four, four beat like most rap songs. Some are more up-tempo and they're double time. But, like, traditionally most rap songs are like 4-4 four, four time. So if you don't know what that is, I don't know, man. It's going to be luck, a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know? a,
3: I think another part of it is somewhat knowing your history yeah. or whatnot when you're going into it. Like, you, if you don't know what came before you, then I don't... I don't really get the motivation, was, you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the uh, bigger problems with t- a lot of today's artists. They don't really seem to get what everybody else went through to get you that billion right. dollar deal or whatever you have right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like we talked, like like Rev said, a lot of people thought that hip hop was gonna be a fad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Before that, yeah. that uh, what was it, um, Luke, that got taken to court? Yeah. And if that doesn't
2: go Uncle Luke, his July way, crew. then hip hop's yeah. done in 1989 or 1990. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he went to court and like fought for it basically. Yeah, so, to be like freedom of speech and to be able to like yeah. do all that. Yeah. Uh, oh, so wow. it's like,
0: it's like he, early comedy, they were just trying to censor the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, they
2: were trying to cut it off right at its infancy, and he huh. went to court. And, and because he went like, to court no, and this won is that art. case, we can say
1: whatever we want. Exactly. Then yeah. you
2: then you have like you know WM uh, I mean uh, WNBA, fucking <laughs> NWA, and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm tired. But listen, and WNBA, WNBA, them man. too. No, and but both. Yo, but, but N.W.A. and all the gangster rap and all that shit that followed wouldn't have happened if he wouldn't have won that case. So yeah. it yeah. snowballs. So.
0: Um. So just to educate uh, folks, there is a local guy. I'm sure you guys know Dart Adams. Yeah, Check out shout Best out Dart. Damn, yeah, yeah. Uh, Best Damn Hip Hop Writing. Book of Dart. Yes. Check it I out. I have the book. Oh, yeah. you have
2: it? Yeah, yeah Dar- Dart's it the homie. More. Dart's the man. He supported EMS, dot like for a long right. time. He's a, a really big supporter, and he's just cool people. But, yeah, I have the book. It's definitely a dope book. People should check it out. It Absolutely. gives you a little bit of background of, of
1: yeah. hip-hop. I Nobody mean, knows hip-hop better than Darnam. No, <laughs> he does. He knows his historical <laughs> facts. like yeah. names To the point dates, where yeah. labels Absolutely. and shit get mad at him for Dude, like correcting he, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. If you follow him on Twitter, oh, my it's God. It's hilarious. He'll, he's he'll better like, than Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he'll, he'll be retweeting these like pages, that. like these yeah. hip-hop pages. He'll be like, oh, it's the... You know, it's the 20th anniversary, or like 30th <laughs> anniversary of this LL Cool J album. And he's like, no, it's not. He's the like, actually, tomorrow. he's like, the anniversary is <laughs> tomorrow. He's <laughs> like, here are the receipts. Like, yeah, he's like,
2: actually, <laughs> it came out on the first Thursday of November. Yeah, are exactly. yeah, Like, he'll go into detail. Yeah, he's great about that stuff. He knows his shit, man. He knows his shit.
0: Shout out to Dark. Dark, come on the podcast, please. Oh, we'll, we'll get yeah, him yeah,
1: on. yeah, yeah. We'll get him on for sure. Yeah, yeah, we might have to do go. some studying beforehand. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I what know, I, know, I've, I've been hesitant to ask him because I want to be fully prepared for that one. Like, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, back, sh- you.
2: shit, you could just let him go for, like, the whole hour we and could. just let him talk. Because he's such a wealth of knowledge, man. He, yeah. knows, he knows so much stuff, man. Yeah. For real.
1: More than anyone, so. honestly. And about <laughs>
2: the local, like, everything. Just yeah. the whole scene, the local scene. Like, he knows all that shit, man. Yep. He's he really in tune with that stuff. He was one of our earlier supporters,
1: too. Right. Like, early on. And when on, you get yeah. his support, that's a big deal. Like it is a when, big deal, When, when Dart yeah. supports you, that yeah. means, like, you're legit.
2: We're, we're like, we, we still get excited if he, like, retweets. Like, we put out a song or a video and he retweets it. I too, so, dude. I'm like, oh, shit, that's dope. Like, he retweets some of
1: my sports tweets sometimes. Yeah. Like, just watching the Sox game, I'll just he's be tweeting He's a big sports He retweets it, and I'm like, fuck, yeah,
0: yeah I got Dart. Let's go. Famous.
1: Yeah, he's good cool. people's.
0: Um. What else we got? I, I one more thing I did want to ask, and I don't want to. If, if we got to it, that's it. Um. So we were talking about your your shows in Europe. Would you say that those were like the the coolest or your favorite shows you've ever done, or is there another show that comes to mind?
2: Um. I honestly, I loved I loved a lot of those shows. Um. The thing is, is like in Europe, it's a constant grind, right? So when we go out there, there's, like, no rest. (laughs) Like, we sleep, like, three or four hours a night. So this is a thing I always tell people because they think it's, like, fucking, you know, hunky-dory on the road. And, like, we get hit up a lot about, like, going on tour and stuff because they see how much we work and what we're doing. And everybody thinks it's, like, easy. It's not easy. Mm. It's not. I'm going to tell you right now, please get discouraged and stop DMing me um it's not easy and i'm not saying that to be a dick i'm saying that because if people only knew the work that went into it they might be a little more like hesitant because yo we're sleeping three or four hours a night we're traveling city to city walking taking buses taking little like fucking motor planes whatever it takes to get to the next country the next city it's not all glitz and glamour the shows are great it's fun it's a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But people that think it's like this easy thing and we're like on vacation, it's not vacation, yo. It is yeah. not vacation. That shit is work top to bottom. Mm. We get up. We sleep like three or four hours. We get up. We go out into the city. We're promoting. We're handing out flyers. We're putting up posters before the show. We're, we're talking to people. We're trying to get people to come to the show. You know what I'm saying? People that might not know us in the city. We're trying to get them to come to the show. And then also... You know, after that, we're going back, we're rehearsing, we're changing stuff in the set. You know what I mean? Oh, you have to adjust. Each crowd is different. You know what I mean? Each venue is different. Some venues are bigger, some are smaller. Yeah. Some are... so. We, we had one where it was like a business crowd. They hired us to do like a, a business oh, like a corporate
0: gig? Yeah, oh, yeah like a
2: corporate gig in a building, in this huge-ass building with all these people. And they're drinking champagne they and smoking fucking cigars. And we're trying to get it live and popping in here. And we did. Were they
1: hip-hop fans? Like, they were...
2: Yeah, yeah, they were hip-hop fans, but, like, you know, a lot of them were, like, older than us even, and and some of them, like way older, who, who probably didn't even listen to hip hop. But the idea was, you know, when we went in there, it's to make everything high energy and up tempo so they have no choice but to get down with it. Right. Yeah. So that's what we did. And then we, we switched stuff. We did stuff that they might be more familiar with, right? Like we took beats that they would know, and we just spit over those beats instead of our own beats. Mm. That's the adjustments you make. So we're doing shit like that. We're promoting, we're handing out fires. We're going to sound check before the show, doing that, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, after all that's done, then you do the show, you know, then you're selling merch, then you're taking photos, then you're talking to fans, then you're trying to create relationships with promoters and people so that you could come back out in the future. So it's a lot of different shit.
1: Doing all that on three hours of sleep. Yeah, you know,
2: (laughs) and then you go home to the hotel. You hopefully like, you know, like go to sleep eventually, and then wake up and do it all again. And you do that for an entire tour. So it's not as easy as people think. But to answer your question, I do love the shows in Europe, but it is a lot of work. But I love shows in general. To be honest, I love connecting with an audience on that level, no matter where it is. I just love people. I love the fact that people would even listen to us live. I think that's dope to me. Uh, If they're coming out and they're coming to see us, I appreciate that. So... You still get nervous when you perform? Nah, not really. Honestly, I used to, I used to get like crazy Aren't like you butterflies huh i hear
1: you're so i get like
2: i get like a little, <laughs> little i get like a little anxiety because i'm just a fucking anxious person to begin yeah, with yeah, yeah, you know exactly. what i'm saying i'm just very anxious to begin At with so
1: getting on a stage in front of people you're gonna get
2: yeah it's so it's like... more like i want to hurry up and do it because i hate waiting around mm-hmm. but it's not so much like nerves like oh my god like there's so many people i used to get like that back in the day dot like he used to tell me all the time yo don't worry you're not you know and this one yeah. we were like first doing it and then a- after you do it for so long and you've performed so much it kind of becomes like riding a bike like second nature Mm. so now the challenge is like you know just trying to outdo the last time kind Mm. of you know how can you make it better what can you add to your stage performance and stuff energy wise crowd interaction wise we do a lot of different shit we do like little dance we have fun up there we do dances we do crazy shit you put on a performance yeah literally it's it's a performance you know
0: yeah, so, those are the best shows, be. too. Yeah. So now I am curious. Is it possible to get nervous on stage after your balls have been exposed to an don't <laughs> <laughs> <Da-dum-dum>. Is it? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's
1: like the height of nervousness right there. So you've already reached that. I, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I think before. It can only go up from here. <laughs> for real.
3: <laughs> so for me. For for the longest time, I would always say, I would always think that I was really nervous, but I I think it's more of just pinned up in, energy. Yeah, and I mean like even before I'm, even before this interview, and I mean like I'm sitting there like I'm having conversations with you, we laughing the whole time. My heart is like Looney Tunes, dude. Yeah. Like, just. Oh, me it, too, be, honestly. It, you know what I'm saying? It, it I'm, it I'm the same
1: way. <laughs> yeah, I get a I little
2: bit of that. I was sweating when we had yeah. audio yeah, issues. Yeah, no, you saw them. <laughs> <him>. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little bit of that for me. But, like, for me, it's more anxiety. I think that's where it's based for me, you know? I think for you, it's a little bit of nerves, right? Yeah. A little bit of nerves. But, like, with time, too, that shit, like, tends to go away. And yeah. you guys also make it very easy to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you, I appreciate like, that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I <it's real>. <laughs> like to hear that. It's a very we were vibe. talking about stuff before, we were talking, like, before we came on our camera, we were talking about stuff that we're all comfortable with. Right. That right. makes the, that's kind of like, it sets the tone for the interview, you know what I'm I, saying? I
1: love, like, talking to people before we do the interview. So it's when important. I feel comfortable yeah. with them beforehand, like, mm-hmm. sometimes, if we do them, like, when we were doing interviews just on Zoom, Mm-hmm. When we weren't really talking beforehand. Like it was oh, way more rough. awkward. Yeah, because it's, it's like we haven't really even got to know each other yet. So yeah,
2: performing on Zooms like it's like out of oh space, my god, so I, like bet. Out of
3: space. I pulled a thigh muscle on stage one time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like and, like you like you you know who Shawn Michaels is the wrestler.
0: Like, Why does that sound so uh, yeah? I think well, so. Well, the heartbreak, kid. the heartbreak kid. He's yeah. a, he's a he's an yeah, yeah,
2: old yeah, school yeah. wrestler though. He's doing like a pose.
3: Where he would, like, stretch like this yeah. and then make or the whatnot. Muscles, yeah. So we was, like, jumping, trying to get the crowd into it. I just felt this pain shoot down my leg. And I had to sit in the Shawn Michaels pose the whole time. <laughs> like, just sitting there rapping, like, just <laughs> hoping it was going to stretch out. Like <laughs> I mean, That's so, funny. Like, my wife is sitting there looking at me while I'm doing it. And she's, like, I can see her lip. And, like, are you okay? And I'm just, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of rapping and whatnot. So,
1: oh, my <laughs> God. Oh man. But
3: you get through it, man. You get you like those things help you what whatnot. It. Like and I mean like being um
0: it's like something to focus on, almost for real. Yeah, like That's like weird. you
3: said, man, being mistakenly naked on stage
2: helped, man. <laughs> Yeah, accidentally naked, that, that helped. I mean, how can you ever get embarrassed?
1: Or they always say, you yeah. know, act like the whole crowd's naked. They don't That's say true. act like you're naked. Yeah, That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it
3: was just, it was real funny too, man. Walking like walking up to him, and I was just, when I was like, yo, Chris, my balls is hanging out. Because I'm trying to whisper it. He's like, yo, what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I what? I'm hear, like, what saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm trying to like focus on what we're doing and i'm like huh, <laughs> <laughs> huh?
0: you're good why just keep going what that's great oh man this is great and, man. but we've mentioned this on other episodes too like just talking about like different anxieties and things that people have um usually most of the time i mean there's some soul crushing things that can happen but like it most of the time the thing that you're even worried about like like oh your pants start falling down on stage oh whatever God. like you get through it it's over yeah no one even thought it was as bad as you thought it was yeah it's always worse in your head it's always worse in your head actually yo is. if
2: there's so. one, any advice that I could give anybody performing wise right is just keep going yeah, yeah. if you don't act like it's happening. They'll forget. Most of these people
1: are drunk or high anyway. Exactly. Let's be serious. You so got to understand that people are not focusing on your every little move. They're right, not there, like, dissecting right. everything you do. Right. They're there having a good time with yeah, their friends. They're drinking, they're, just, they're yeah. talking to
2: people, right. who, they're taking in the show, but, like, if you just keep going and act like
1: nothing happened, they won't ever know. You know how many right, times I've right. like
2: forgotten like lyrics or like whatever, and I just yeah. freestyle and fill it in until the chorus. Comes. I saw token. <laughs> like,
1: you know token. Yeah. I saw he posted something the other day. He was like, "Oh, here's this video of me performing." He's like, "I completely forgot my verse and just started like blabbering, mm. and the crowd didn't even notice." Yeah. And he, the video, literally, like you can tell, he's just mumbling, but the crowd's just going crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's this like, dude, they didn't give a shit. This dude
3: has experience with that. There was yeah. one time. He fumbled a verse at a performance and sat there and was and nobody caught it. Right. He caught it. He looked at the crowd and said, y'all not hype enough. Start that beat over.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody right. caught that. And he it. Why not? Yeah, I fucked up, but they don't know. Yeah. Hey, y'all, y'all not hype. Let's do it again. Yeah. let Yeah, I mean, how they going to know up, that, gives you me, hype <laughs> that gives weren't hype enough? Yeah, that gives me a little bit of extra time to catch my shit. You yeah. know right. what I mean? And then, boom, there, there you, you go. go. And real talk, That's the up. crowd got hyper. Yeah. And yeah, he started know. spitting the we'll v- you call, call that. him out, yeah, it yeah. works. Hell yeah. That's it, man. That's, you know, little tips and tricks along the way, man. <laughs> Shout out to Token. Shout out to uh, John Glass, our, our boy John Glass. Shout that's out to John Glass homies. as well. John we had Glass. him on the podcast a yeah, little yeah. while ago. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: great guy. Him on a great new person person that's episode. the
2: homie, man. That's the homie.
1: Have you worked with him at all?
2: Um, we've we've done some stuff. It's never been released, I don't think. We've, okay. had, we've got some gems in the cut. Co- um, he's done a lot of stuff with MDOT, obviously uh, yeah. He was on Ego and the Enemy He produced yeah. a couple cuts on that But we have some stuff in, like, just in the dungeon I don't know when it's going to come out But we'll, we'll, we'll work on it But we're always doing different shit We record at his studio here and there, too so. Oh,
1: word yep. Big shout out, John yeah, Glass Yeah,
0: man, that's yeah, the Big shouts Are there any uh, New England artists or otherwise That you'd like to work with in general?
2: Um, let me see.
3: I don't got anybody specific, so I'm gonna just say any and everybody, man. Anybody that want a verse, I'm down.
2: Yeah, Lord. unless you suck. I mean, yeah, no, I'm just, i just playing. That's I'm a just, given. That goes without saying. No, say. no, I like I've worked with a lot of different people that I that I admire, and it's it's cool, man, because I never thought I would be in that position to work with like, you know like people I really respect and stuff. So this is a little like gem that I'm going to throw out there for y'all that nobody, nobody knows yet. Tay knows, you know what I'm saying? Ella knows. Jealous. Um, so, <laughs> you know, shout out to Dot. He's MDOT's coming out with a, a vinyl record uh, called Dining in Dystopia. Okay. And it's going to be out uh, within the next few months. I don't know the exact date yet. He's still finishing off like everything, the artwork and stuff but he's got some crazy records on there. So one of the records he's got on there that's going to be dropping next week actually. Okay. He's got a joint with Conway the Machine, right? Oh, mm. So that's going to be on there. So I mean, you know, crazy. Let's I don't help. have to say much about that, right? right? So Alba. Shady Records, Conway, Treats. it's huge, right? Excuse me. But then he's got a bunch of other records. I'm on I'm on the vinyl A few times and it's pretty dope he had to cut like a lot of records because with vinyl you could only fit a certain amount on each side so he had to cut a bunch of stuff and he's doing this through a distribution uh, company overseas but anyway long story short to go with what I'm saying I never thought I'd be able to work with some of these dope people uh, we got a joint with Cool G Rap on there. No yeah.
1: fucking way. Yeah,
2: so Cool G Rap no. is like, he's like my top five. He's that's one of like, my, he's,
1: he might be my, my top five. Too. That's he's my guy. Like, he's one like, of my favorites.
2: And he makes it cool to have a lisp, which, you know, I do. So, like, he makes it cool, <laughs> hey, like, because he can rhyme. And, like, I look at him and I look up to him. He's so nice, man. He's so lyrical and he's still relevant today. He's still yeah. putting out music. Um, and, and I'm just like, yo, I'm just honored to be on a track you know and m dot put that together and then uh it's produced by uh the mighty mighty vic mighty vic who used to be down with the beat nuts and he's produced for so many people he's produced for nas he's produced he's the li- you get his wikipedia him, but he's produced for like so many dope artists like huge artists so i'm really excited for that joint but as far as local cats man i i respect like what a lot of these cats are doing uh, I've worked with a lot of local cats. I'm always willing to work with more. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I respect, like, uh, Let's Have Oblivious. Those are the homies. We've yeah. got some stuff in the stash. I've worked with them a bunch. And there's a bunch of other cats that I, I, I You know who I really like to work with? I'll put it out there now and see if we can make it happen. Paranorm paranorm really met so, him here before so yeah. that that's the he's, homie he's
0: actually supposed to be on soon so yes yeah. oh, he's coming There's back so no yeah that's
2: the homie right there and he was actually he came to uh, one of our video shoots back in the day we had a video me and m. called earn it and he came to the video shoot i met him there we chopped it up and he's just a cool brother man and he's, he's just he's he's a dope emcee awesome. yeah, that's cool one guy. of our so i'd like to work i'd like to work with him that's
1: what's up yeah that. that's a good one that's a good one shout For out sure. paranorm
0: so can we get any revolutionary uh, merchandise? Is that
2: coming soon? Yeah, I want to. so I want to work on that. Um, I, I'm hoping to, like, because, you know, we want to do the shows and stuff. So I'm hoping to have maybe some stickers. Um, I had to talk to this guy about that. We haven't gotten too much into it. But we're, uh, Dream Chaser, the video, is going to be coming in a few weeks. And then we're shooting a video uh, for A-Game when Mayhem comes up. And then I think somewhere around then we'll start talking about, like, setting up a little show run. And maybe get like some merch, like some shirts and some stickers and stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, I definitely need some shirts and stickers. Yo, by yeah. the way, I got stickers. you. I got you. I got you. Yo, by the way, if you've seen, if anybody's seen uh, the I Been video, in the video, we're wearing bowling shirts, right? Mm-hmm. So me, him, and Dot wear a bowling team, and we're going against another um, bowling team, and uh, our DJ JP is with us too. Shout out to JP. But, um, on the back of the shirts, we have revolutionaries. Yeah. So I kind we kinda do have shirts, kind of, Ooh, but like it was like exclusive. Stuff. Yeah, so yeah. what I'm thinking of doing, and I'm gonna talk to him about this, he might wanna keep his shirt, but I'm thinking of doing a contest, right? Soon, I don't know when, but doing a contest where people do remixes and we'll give them the vocals, right? Mm. They'll do some remixes and whoever has like the, the best remix or whatever, we'll put it out digitally. And that person will win maybe like, I don't know, like a gift card, like a hundred bucks, a shirt and some merch, you know, C D, whatever. You know, so I you know, I haven't thought it out completely, but it's something I, like I wanna do. I've been wanting to do a contest for a little bit for this album. So that might be something around the merch time when okay. we start coming up with that. I like
0: that idea. So keep an eye out for that merch. Yeah, yeah man. Exciting. Yeah. So, definitely. And those remixes.
2: Yeah, yo, and if anybody, so if anybody listening wants to check out the music or follow us like on social media or whatever, um, if you want to check out the album, go to Linktree slash Revolutionaries. So, Linktree slash Revolutionaries. If you put that in Google, it'll just pop right up. Uh, and you, and that'll take you to whatever streaming platform, Bandcamp, whatever. It has everything on that one link. And then, if you want to follow us on social media, I'm at VMS. So R E V O F E M S, uh, no spaces, no underscores, just at Revvems. And Ella? Yeah, for me, um, on Twitter it's at
3: God Ella, and on Instagram is at the bees T H E B E E Z one seven six.
1: Okay i remember i had a hard time finding you yeah, yeah because <laughs> yeah. because i'm new to all this another thing i had to learn from rev he
2: was like yo you got to get all your handles to be the same and i'm like why <laughs> hey, I trying, you know we're yeah. working on the branding. For we're right. working <laughs> on it i'm like you want it universal so that no matter where they search for you it's the same on every right, platform for real so that's why for me it's at revv no matter where you facebook SoundCloud, whatever it's at revvms always the same so we're getting there, you know. <laughs> Baby I got steps. him to change Baby his Twitter <laughs> <laughs> name; it was different before. So now it's like Gardella. So, All right. and then his Facebook is uh, Gardella Lives. Yep. Okay.
1: So, okay. But yeah, we're getting there. We yeah, got one there. step at a time. It is
0: tough. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps. I got
3: some pants that fit. You know what I'm saying? I got... <laughs> <That's
0: important. laughs> Try to get my handles right. Right now, but yeah. God, believe me, I don't get social media either. I'm brand new to it. Yeah. Well. Oh, and I had to make him I... get an Instagram
1: when we when he joined the podcast. Yeah, thing. man. It's like, bro, if you're gonna I... be on this podcast, you got to be on social media. Yo, it's
2: it's really key. It really helps. Yeah. It really yeah. does to help to like to create the awareness and stuff. But you guys also have a great setup. I like how you have everything. You know what I mean? This is like branding. You know what I mean? You yeah. want them to always see it. That's the. That's you know. That's and I love the shirts, by the way. Yeah, that's we're, we're still
0: learning. We're trying to do bottle openers, all that stuff. Yeah, so, man. Get you,
2: get you stickers. I forgot. Yep. So, so, my wife told me to bring the stickers. I still forgot oh. them. I was going to bring some stickers for you guys and shit, and I definitely forgot we them. You can get him some stickers. It's true. I do. I got to make. Um... Selling
3: CDs to my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a hustler, man.
2: I was stealing customers right out from under them. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, next time I, I I have to come back. You know what I'm saying? We'll come back promote some other stuff. Stuff and I'll bring you guys some merch. Definitely, Absolutely.
1: definitely, perfect. Come back anytime.
2: You have to send me your sizes and stuff. We'll talk in the DM and uh, I'll make sure I bring you guys some stuff. Of
0: course, love it. I, I love like it. to go thank big. You. So yeah. yeah, thank you.
2: No problem. Thank you for having
0: us. Thank man. you very much
3: for having us, man. This is dope.
0: So we got Reva VMS, Godilla. God- God-illa, Godilla everywhere, yeah. or at the bees, at the bees.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. Episode ninety six. It's a wrap. Revolutionaries, go get it on all streaming platforms. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.